Now, don't forget to text us or WhatsApp us to uh, 086 if you want to get in contact with us uh, today. That's where you can do it. And you can also pick up the phone and dial us uh, on 091 That's 091 and uh, to get further details. Now, then, let me go to Councillor Declan uh, Gerrity, who joins me, because the balance slow here look indeed uh, has joined the Independent Ireland Group. He's the second uh, councillor this week to join them, and he joins me on the line today. Uh, Declan, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Keith, and good morning to all your listeners. Thanks for joining us. So you've announced that your decision to join Independent Ireland following the footsteps of your constituency colleague, uh, Deputy Michael Fitzmaurice, who has said that he's delighted that Councillor Gertie is joining the party as well. Uh, did you put much thought into this, or how long have you been thinking about it? Well, I've been thinking about it the last couple of months, to be straight about it, Keith. Um, I was, you know, when you're involved in business and you're busy and just so much going on in your life, like, you know, um, I, I was, you know, wondering, will I run again? Will I not run again? Um, and, you know, I've been aligned with Michael there, you know, for the last number of years. We grew up together. We, we are the best of friends. And I put serious consideration in it. And when Michael decided to to um, to go with the party, um, then that's the way I looked at it, that I was going to join the party as well. And, you know, um, have more voices, have, have, have a stronger, have a stronger contingent of people out there that are, that will be lobbying and trying to look after the things that are close to my heart. And that's why I decided then that, yes, this is the road I'm going on and this is the path I want to take. And, and the, constitu- the constituency you're going to go in then, is that going to be East Galway? It, well, it's the Manislow District, the, 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 District the, um, yeah. for the county council elections. That's the, the area that I'll be going running in again, the same as the last time, you know. And will you run then in the general in the Galway Common then? I don't know, Keith. I don't know. I suppose all that has to be thrashed out. I certainly won't run against Michael Fitzmaurice under any circumstances. Michael's, um, Michael's going into Galway East, isn't he? I think. Well, nobody knows. There's no decision made in any in in, in anything, so there isn't. And just on my own side, it it's just that I. Uh, I'm an elected county councillor for the Bannisloe district and that's what concerned me at the moment. Yeah. I've tried my best to represent all the people all the way around the, the area and um, that's what I'd like to continue on doing. And let me tell you, it, 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 it takes marking. And when you deal with county development plans and uh, biodiversity and all these new things that are coming in and the, the climate action plan and you know you need to be on your game and you need to be watching out and you need to be protecting the people that voted for you and that's what I'd like to continue on doing you know yeah but it's I mean look at nobody has sympathy for councillors you kind of you if you go into the public domain but there's an awful lot involved in it that people don't know when they put their name on that ballot paper people people actually don't realize and i didn't realize you know and when 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 uh, when i uh, decided to go the last time i was told it was handy well let me tell you now it's fair from handy handy, handy. yes handy fair from handy. handy there's a serious amount of time and commitment and there's a serious amount of learning so whatever about the time and, and the commitment from representing people and all that kind of carry on where the real time goes into is learning learning about what's happening and the amount of hours that goes into that is serious 
and then you send emails and then you're waiting for replies back. Um, you know, it's just never ending. And there's no day, let me tell you, seven days a week, there's no day that you don't get somebody ring you where there's a pothole or there's a problem or there's somebody looking for a house. You know, there's always something every single day. Mm. And it does, like the person that does it, you know, every, everyone that is a counsellor, they have to become commended because, like, the, the, the time and the effort that they put into it is serious. And I never realised there was so much time involved in it. And being straight about it, only for I have the backup with the people that work for me, my partner, Michael, that's involved in the business, there's absolutely no way I could do it. Absolutely yeah. no way. And, you know, people forget all about them things. And... You're not doing it for the money because why I'm gone, you have to be paying somebody to be here, yeah. you know, to fill your, fill your space. And at the end of the day, you know, um, there's nothing out of it. But that's not what it's about. No. For me, it's about the local area. It's about community. It's about people. It's trying to keep jobs local. It's trying to keep our little towns open. It's about doing the little jobbies yeah. that need doing out around the country. That's no, no, the way I, 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 no, I guess the passion, it. the passion in it, Keith. I, know, you know? I, I get it, because when I rang you at 8 o'clock this morning, you were on your way to Strokestown uh, to get back to the office to take the call at uh, 10 past 10. So, that's I mean, right, you, that's you, right. You were trying to juggle business and politics and keep me happy. And yes. you know, it, it, it's, it's, it really is. Can you see others, um, other independents joining um, Independent Ireland? I can, yes. And not only can I see independence, but I can also see party people as well, you know, from other parties. And, you know, anybody that's community and anybody that's that's local, they love it. And, you know, government, while they try to do everything right, they don't always do everything right. And it makes it hard. It makes it hard on the people that are trying at the bottom. You know, to it represent is, I mean, the people. But do you, so, uh, independent Ireland is what it is, and uh, I mean, there's good traction for it. Uh, I know some people can't. I mean, the likes of Sean Candy couldn't join because Michael Fitzmaurice will go in Galway East, so there's only one independent seat there. So, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a chicken and egg situation for people to come across. And councillor-wise, I mean, you could have the likes of Tom Welby, you could have any of the other councillors in the city or the county joining as well. Um, but there there is a bit of traction there for independent Ireland. Oh, there is. Yes, there's a lot of traction, so there is. And, you know, talking to councillors from around the country, the wishes are good. Um, people are on the same track. I suppose for a lot of them, they just have to decide whether they're going to go with the party or stay independent. Um, there are others from other parties talking, I believe. And, um, you know, it's down at the end of the day, it's like myself. It's the decision that you have to make. And um, But you, but you made that decision. Is, I, I wish them the, the best of luck in whatever decision they make. The one thing that I would say is we have three very capable TDs, Michael Collins, Richard O'Donoghue, and Michael Fitzmaurice. And my God, they are a force and they are strong and they have at the bottom of their hearts rural, rural Ireland, and they care. Mm. And to me, I think that that's going to be a great voice in going forward. And I'm sure there are others that are going to come on board as well, Keith, you know? All right, Techno, we wish you the very best of luck with it. It's, um, it's, it's Keith, 
Yeah. Before before we finish up, can I can I wish you the very best? Um, and in case I'm not talking to you again, and hopefully oh, I will, you will be before be. you depart. Um, to wish you the very best and thank you for your wonderful service and all the goodness you have done down through the years. You've been a wonderful ambassador for County Galway, a wonderful ambassador for for Galway Bay FM, and I can only wish you the very very best. Thank you for everything. Thank you indeed, uh, Declan, for that. And we will talk uh, before then. And I'll be around around for the elections to keep an eye on you, so I will, just to make sure you're doing it right. Uh, Thanks indeed for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. Now, uh, comment lines are open if you want to get through to us. We'd like to hear from you today. And you can do so if you want to get through to us on uh, 0917700077 and 0863833553 if you want to get in contact uh, with us uh, today. We would like to hear from you. Now, though, let me do this and this, and then we'll give you the Connacht Tribune headlines. Uh, We should be joined by Dave O'Connell shortly on this one. Uh, but keep those uh, lines coming into us on 086, our comments, 086 38 33 55 3 if you want to get in contact with us. And you can also just call us on 091 77 if you want to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you today. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take a short commercial break and then I'll uh, give you Dave O'Connell in the headlines. <laughs> Now, David Connell joins us, uh, Connacht Tribune Group Editor, with uh, the uh, today's Connacht Tribune headlines. Uh, Dave, morning to you. Another full paper. Mor- you do morning, th- Keith. It you, is indeed. Yeah. You do this week in, week out. You just make it heavier and heavier and heavier, so you do. In, like myself, w- getting heavier and heavier week in, week out. In weight only. But listen, your lead story is on an issue we've uh, covered ourselves, and uh, the pressure on school places. Yeah, look, uh, we were talking about this uh, last Friday in a, in a city context from the City Tribune as well, but it is a problem uh, across the county. And look, I, I know and everybody knows that these lists are very long at this time of the year and a bit earlier, and they're reduced and reduced as people that are on more, their parents on more than one list uh, take up an offer. But it's really stressful for parents. And at the end of the day, there will still be some for whom there are no places. And in the meantime, uh, the kids themselves are wondering what happens in September and some of their friends are in and then the, it, it's a terrible mess and it applies to a whole host of schools obviously but we're looking specifically at Athen Rye today where uh, Kieran Cannon says that schools there are facing a shortage of up to 80 first year uh, places. Now it is being addressed in the longer term there's new school buildings, there's school extensions but that takes up to three years and you don't need to be doing honours maths to know that three years is the time it takes to get from starting to doing your, uh, your junior so it's a long time in the education cycle so that's on the front and inside as well. Now, the other witness we all know about uh, is the health system, and it's making headlines again today. And as we're getting older, it is hard to read, I have to say. <laughs> it is. We're not worried about school places for ourselves anymore, obviously, but at the <laughs> other end, we are, um, because this came up at the, the Regional Health Forum this week. And I, I think this is shocking, irrespective of, of, of age. 55%, or almost 55% of patients aged 70 and over who attended the emergency department of UHG over the last year, they waited on trolleys for more than nine hours before admission. And again, you talk about the stress in terms of school, the stress in terms of somebody of that age, of any age, who's ill and left for that uh, amount of time. Now, CELTA is, in fairness, making inroads, but there is a ban on staff recruitment. That isn't helping. And even in the last week, never mind last year, this reared its head again. Uh, the attendance at uh, ED uh, last Wednesday uh, was 235, and that's just picking a day, uh, leaving lengthy waiting times, 45 patients on 
on trolleys there. That was the third successive week that either UHG or Port Yunkla had to apologise for chronic overcrowding in emergency departments. It's not their fault. It's the system. But they're the ones that are taking the brunt of it and it's the patients paying the price. Now, still on waiting, you're looking at how we might tackle the uh, traffic jams in the city and uh, it needs to be tackled. Well, it does. And it, it's never going to be easy because, as we've said, and everybody knows Galway is a medieval city. There's narrow streets and all that goes along with that and more cars than, than ever before. And this is a, 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 a solution or a partial solution, perhaps a very good solution that's been floated a number of times. It's Lewis, the, the Galway version of, of Lewis, a light rail system. And it's back again because there are a group of really dedicated people that keep pushing this agenda. And they're now meeting with the consultants that are compiling the new Galway metro metropolitan area transport strategy which hopefully will finally uh, reap some rewards of at least diluting the traffic chaos they also say that this is not as cost prohibitive as was previously suggested they believe it can be done in just under three years and at a cost of 280 million now that's a lot of money but in the overall scheme of things I think that's a phenomenal, uh, decent price uh, if it's going to make actual inroads into this. Anyway, it's all explained on page five, Keith. Absolutely. Now, the footballers fight against relegation in the National League. Uh, That's the main story in sports morning. Yeah, uh, that loss to Derry in Pierce Stadium last weekend only adds to the pressure when they face Monaghan and Clonus this Sunday because really defeat for either county uh, leaves them significantly closer to the, that relegation trapdoor. Uh, uh, in sport as well, more positive news for Galway United. A fantastic away win in Dundalk last weekend and this time uh, it's a home tie against Waterford uh, tomorrow night and looks like another full house there. But for all of that, I have to say, I think pride of place should go to St. Rafael's Lock Ray, All-Ireland College's Senior B Camogie Champions uh, two pages of reports and glorious pictures on that and loads more in sport as well. What else have you got for us here today? Uh, uh, like yourself yesterday, Keith, a, a piece on Caroline Kelly from Loch Ray, uh, honoured in her adopted Australia for her extraordinary work to raise awareness of pancreatic cancer, a cause as she explained to you as well that she's given everything to since the death of her husband from the disease Um, fantastic story Uh, plenty of pics as well Uh, it must be the time of year GA club uh, social nights Dunmore McHale's uh, Ballandurian lovely pics as well from uh, the recent grandparents day in Crockwell a couple of pages of court as well and uh, Frank Farrer is writing all about uh, two things you wouldn't normally put together in one sentence fruit and nut chocolate bars and Sally O'Brien and the way she might look at you and to be honest with you, if that doesn't sell it to you, Keith, I think we might as well give up. I think you need to explain to Sally O'Brien and the way she might look at you because there's a generation out there that wouldn't even know what that was about. They're, they're too young well, for it, but it's the, all explained. Michelle, they, that, that is the problem, and there's probably a generation that are too fit to be eating uh, fruit and nut chocolate bars as well. But you know what? They could do worse than educate themselves. There was a time before the internet when uh, Sally O'Brien and frying eggs on the ground in front of you and all of those kind of things. Have a look. I'm sure the ad is on uh, YouTube. It wouldn't be on high definition or anything like that, but uh, uh, better times, happier times for us all, Keith. Do you know what? We'll find it here and we'll play the audio, but we can't do the video just yet. <laughs> And I don't have a face for TV just yet. Come here, though. Pages 20, 21 and 24. It really just yeah. shows that when we talk about justice and justice being done in this country, sometimes you say, ah, they'll, they'll get away with it, they'll get away with it. You have excellent yeah. coverage so you have on 20 and 21. And on page 24, a major incident that happened last year. And it's good to yeah. see that the courts are on top of it. Well done to all involved in it. I, I have to say, and again, it's not prejudicing anyone's right to, not to uh, tell, neither a trial I. on this. No, and, nor are you, uh, absolutely. But I'm 
just going to quote the headliner. It says, over 30 charged after shopping centre fracas. And people will remember because uh, this was a, a social media uh, phenomenon, for want of a better phrase on this. But the, the, the Gardaí doing a really determined job on all of this. And one of the one of the things, and, and you know, it's maybe a discussion for another day, but sometimes, and I know this from Gardaí, sometimes uh, the only price that people pay is having their name in the newspaper because uh, they don't go, they don't pay any price through the court system because there's no place for them in, in prisons. Uh, I, I'm not the arbiter of, of punishment or anything of the sort, but we are the people who, who monitor this. And as I say, sometimes when we don't have people, enough people to cover courts, the guards will ring or the inspectors will ring and say, I wish you were here because they got in, they got out. And if their name was in the paper, at least there would be a price to pay on this. Yeah. It's not that we're administering justice, not our job, but uh, it is it is certainly, as I said to you before, Keith, there are pages people like to be in in the paper and it's a couple of pages people don't like to be in and that's the ones you're talking about. All right. Thank you, Dave. And have a good uh, week. Sorry, have a good uh, Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the uh, City Tribune headlines as well. Now, tomorrow morning, he's bringing me on the road again. Do you know, I feel like one of those people that he's going to get one of these taxis, you know, the taxis that you can wheel people into. Uh, but he's bringing me on the road tomorrow. And you're, bringing, you're not bringing me too far from home now. Yeah, taking you home to Renmore instead of Mayo, Keith. <laughs> You'd love to bring me to Mayo, but you're not going to do so. Um, we're going to Renmore tomorrow. And we're coming from Flannery's Hotel. Flyers Hotel, yeah, we were there for um, the Merview the Merview uh, program last year, but we're coming uh, to Renmore, and we have a big lineup already. I'm just finalising one or two today, but uh, it's looking fairly, fairly busy. We're in a new location now. We came from the dining room the last time, and now we're coming from the bar. As you go in the door to the you right, you know I don't Flannery's. like bars, but I'll be there tomorrow morning. I can't say the same, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed. No, I'm joking. Uh, what have you got for us? And you have a great lineup and loads of people. Yeah, we're, we're starting off with Joe McCarthy, ah, legend, Tom Duggan, and Margaret Duggan as well. And legends and legends. The the thing they all have in common is the big show in Renmore, if you pardon the pun, the pantomime. Yeah. So we'll be talking to them about their memories of Renmore. I, I know that Tom and Margaret. They can remember the days when it was just fields out there. Yeah, yeah. They can go back that far um, with their so memories of it and, and transitioning it yeah, into yeah. The, what it is in the present day. So we'll be speaking to them. We also have uh, coming on the program Jimmy Newell and Terry O'Regan. Jimmy, his daughters were in a band called Bellfire. If That's you might right. Be yeah. Aware of them. So Jimmy will be coming on the program. And also Terry O'Regan, he's been very involved in the GA scene and he's a, a teacher as well. As well as that, we have uh, Porrick McCormack, of course, former mayor. And uh, he's based in the area. Uh, we'll also have one of the Power Twins, Sean Power, will be joining us in the program uh, to talk about the success of the Panto and, and his memories of growing up. Uh, very close to Renmore, but uh, of course the Renmore Panto is the, the one show in town, so we'll be talking to him about that and what it's like in the present day. We also have uh, some community organisations joining us. ARA, the Active Retirement Crew. Mary Finch will be joining us from them. And we have Gemma Lohan. She's from Renmore Hockey. And it's a similar story to Kinvara Keith again. Lack there of facilities. Huge interest, but just no facilities on the ground. So Gemma will be discussing that with us. We also have uh, Mary Finton's husband, Martin Finton, joining us. He moved to the area from the Connemara Gaeltacht, and he'll be telling us all about that, because uh, by Cúpla Fóckale Closhal Homa. Now, we have sport on the programme. We have Owen Concannon, former St. James's and Galway player, David Collins, also Galway and Liam Mellows. And uh, just looking for someone from Renmore uh, AFC, and they're to get back to me very shortly, so we'll have someone from them represented as well. Uh, for music, though, 
Paul Gohan, absolute legend of the scene and be well known to people who have listened to traditional music in the likes of Ampukan and, and different venues across Galway City and in, even in the Renmore area itself mm. he'll be joining us and he's, he's a great storyteller as well. So Super. Looking, looking great great musician as well. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Musician, yeah. And to finish up we have uh, Jared Leahy, Sean Connor and Martha Begley Shade. Uh, the two gentlemen there will be telling us about all their memories of what they've been involved in whether that be football or otherwise and Martha Begley Shade known to us for the Galway fairy tale stories yeah. a lot of which are based in Merlin Woods and also the Redmore area as well so that's how it's looking at the moment one or two additions to be revealed but it's going to be fairly busy when we put you to your paces in Redmore tomorrow Keith I went to school with George Leahy wow there's yeah so I won't need to brief free on him <laughs> you might you might you might you might <laughs> listen thanks Eddie for joining us uh, today and that's tomorrow morning tomorrow morning Live from? Live from Renmore. And do join us. And if you want to get involved, ring into the station or email comments at goibfm.ie. A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. There's a major conference taking place in Dublin. And a Galway um, psychotherapist is involved in this and has put this together. The event is taking place on Friday the 22nd of March from 9.30 until 4.30. And it's called Adolescent and Beyond Conference. And Gina Dermody, who's a psychotherapist based in Tume County, Galway, uh, sits opposite me today. Uh, Gina, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today. I suppose really and truly when we think about young people, we think of a lot of negative stuff and what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're there to help them on an ongoing basis. Why have you brought this conference together and who are you bringing together at this conference? I'm bringing together anybody, be they individuals or be they organisations, that are working with adolescents. It's a specialised field, Keith. Mm. And I think many people will agree since the pandemic We almost have, you know, some people are calling it a crisis, a dilemma, certainly a challenge on our hands with adolescent development. And we see adolescents are struggling. And with that, parents are struggling. We certainly know services are struggling. We, like many services, we don't have enough money. So having a conference is a collaboration of all those very, very, you know, fine people that are working with adolescents that sometimes need contact with other therapists, you know, other workers, and also want to do better in their work, in my experience. So the conference brings all that together. So you bring people then to one location, and mm-hmm. uh, in the Louis Fitzgerald Hotel in, in, in Dublin, you bring them to one location, all like-minded people, and then you collaborate together. Is that the general thrust of this? Yes. The, I mean, the theme of the conference is contact and connection. And I suppose, you know, I'm very fortunate in my work. I meet a lot of people who are working with adolescents and they're all saying the same thing. Is there something we can do better? Is there something we can do different? So if you look, you know, all the speakers I have are people that are passionate about working with adolescents and they want to add their learning. They want people to feel more skilled, more competent. They want people to be enriched by what they're doing because sometimes it is a challenge. And yet all of us who work with adolescents will absolutely say we love the work. Mm. So I want to feel better in my work. And if I talk to somebody at the conference and I learn something or I say, oh gosh, you're having a difficult time too. You know, we feel much better supported. But I mean, the pressure on young people and adolescents at this stage coming out of COVID and they Mm -hmm. were educated via Zoom or Teams or otherwise for so Mm. long. Uh, A lot of them didn't uh, get to experience college life. They didn't get to experience school life. They've lost a lot. And and those two or three years has has maybe made them that little bit more introverted. 
they're not perhaps communicating with their family, as in their parents or uncles or aunts or otherwise. So there's a lot of worried parents out there because of that. So how do you reassure the parents and support the adolescent? Well, the purpose of the conference is that we can get that understanding, we can enhance our skills. And that's going to make any of us better workers with adolescents and parents. Mm. And if I'm more confident in my work, then I'm much more able to have a collaboration with a parent that will encourage their style of parenting and their value system. Because ultimately, I need to be respectful of that. And so parents come to me and they often say, are we doing it the right way? And I say, well, how would you like to do it? What is important to you? I think sometimes, you know, with development and, and our modern world, we, we tend to work at a high speed. So we've somehow lost our connection with conversation values together. But parents are already able to do that with a little bit of consistency, encouragement and support. Adolescents want to talk, in my experience. They really do. They just struggle to find the language. They struggle because they're looking at social media. They don't feel as good as somebody else. And when you think of adolescent development, you know, certainly I've, you know, had my own struggles as an adolescent. It, it has changed somewhat in that everything is there to be viewed now that we could have kept private before. Mm. But adolescence is hard. The stage of development goes from about 11 to about 25, Keith. It's a long time. Is it that long It now? is, it is. And you think of like the brain, and, and I do a lot of, I suppose, psychoeducation. The, the brain is developing until, you know, 24, 25. We're not in our executive functioning. So we're in that limbic part where we're an adolescent. It's impulsive, it's creative, it's avoidant, it's full of shame. And we help them join the dots and navigate. And when they have that and they feel supported, and that's a parent or a practitioner having confidence, they feel that they can do it then and there's someone on their side. Hmm. But how do you instill the confidence in the adolescent to keep going? Practice. Practice, repetition. And my biggest word, you know, and, and adolescents will often tease me when I'm in at work with them. And they say, Jeannie, you're on about that love thing again. And I say, yeah. I say, when love shows up, you know, it's very kind, it's very supportive, it's very understanding. And often I, I take them back, you know, to how they see love, what their version of it is. And usually they'll come back and they'll say to me, oh yeah, my mom did that, or my dad, or they may have a grandparent who they're particularly close to. And they actually join the dots very quickly. But of course, anxiety is the biggest presentation. Mm -hmm. So when they're in urgency... They don't see that. They just see avoidance, stress. Oh my goodness, there's something wrong with me. Crisis. I'm not the same. Yes, crisis. crisis. And that's what the presentation often is because anxiety shows up as not being able to get to school, not being able to get out of bed, you know, feeling different. Maybe their learning style is different. And my experience of educators, when, when we collaborate with them, when we talk with them, they're supportive. When, when we ask parents to trust their style, yes, there's repetition involved, there's a lot of that, but the consistency and the love together with the safe boundaries, they bring a lot of support. But when you go, when you talk about repetition of it then, do they mm. not say, I've heard that before, mom and dad, thank you very much. And the love aspect of it then, if, yeah. if there's that tension there, how, how do you breach that to the love aspect of it and get them to acknowledge that they are loved and the parents are worried about them, concerned about them, and there for them. 
Sometimes it's as simple, you know, when, when we, we tend to get involved in looking at behaviour. And so we see the teenager, you know, what might be called acting out, or we see the, the teenager avoidant. And then we start to react to the behaviour. So if as a parent or as an adult, I step back from the behaviour and I say, there's a lovely, gorgeous human being here that yeah. needs my help. Yeah. I regulate my emotions. I, I regulate my sense of self. And then I accept that I need to help regulate the teenager mm -hmm. because in their limbic brain, they find it very hard to regulate. And certainly we know this from all the, the information that's out there now. Social media is a great dysregulator. Really? It is because I look... So it takes away all the inhibitions. Well, you look at any of the platforms today and it's perfection and it's urgency yeah. and it's trends. And, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't have that access. You know, we kind of knew stuff was there. Now, in an instant, I can download anything. Yeah, yeah. And I can yeah. say, so we're pulling them back from the urgency. Mm. And I don't have to have had an iPhone since I was three to understand this. Parents are very wise in my experience. And that wisdom coupled with love will steady the parent to support the adolescent. And I often say... This is temporary. Mm. It's not permanent. It's a fascinating subject. I could talk mm. to you forever, but I can't today, unfortunately. <laughs> but yes. it is, it's fascinating because I've seen it all. And I, I saw one we had nothing. And I saw then coming through. And then I see, I see now the current tranche of young people. And my heart goes out to a lot of them. My heart goes out to the parents as well. Mm -hmm. Come back to the Adolescence and Beyond Conference. And this is for specialists in the field. This is not for parents now. This is... Your no, name. not a conference for parents yet. Okay. So I'm focusing on professionals because I want professionals to feel supported in their work, to feel enhanced. So then their service delivery is going to be really, really focused and good for parents and for adolescents. And really, you know, our job is to become redundant when we work with adolescents because we want to support parents. We want to hand back there. Mm. So if we can feel very skilled and supported by listening to each other, to the, the, the great speakers that have, you know, agreed to come to the conference and share aspects of their work, then we're going to leave the conference with a better sense of self, more compassion and more energy to do our work. So where can they get details then on the event itself? So it is, I said, in the Louis Fitzgerald Hotel, which is on the, yes. motor, on the motorway there. Yes. Uh, you can't miss it. It's a very unique looking hotel, I have to say, inside and outside. Uh, where can they get details on it? So if they log on to adolescence.ie or they just look up Gina Dermody or they look up Eventbrite, all the details of the conference are there. Now you're keeping this small purposely. You're, you're yes, this year, this is our first conference and Keith, my plan and certainly my desire is that this is going to be a yearly event. And obviously, you know, these things need time to grow and expand. And I'm, I'm really delighted with the ticket sales so far and delighted with the speakers. So I'm really looking forward to it now and of course every year from now on. I just love the way you're bringing people, like-minded people together mm. so you can collaborate but the net benefit to this is going to be the current tranche of adolescents and those that are coming up the, up the pathway. Yes, yes. Better, better service delivery, better support for all of us as, you know, people working in this area. 
Okay, so adolescence.ie and uh, spell it fully or just Google Gina Dermody and go to Eventbrite as well and get further details from there. Gina, thanks for popping into us. Good luck with this. The conference is on Friday 22nd of March uh, from 9.30 to 4.30 in the Louis Fitzgerald Hotel. A very good morning to you. Welcome into the programme. I'm joined in studio by Elaine from Chez Elaine, indeed, uh, just around the corner from us here. And we're looking at new technologies when it comes to various uh, medical conditions. And Elaine sits off to me today. Elaine, morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we were just talking before you came into studio there that technology really has improved dramatically, hasn't it? It, com- it has in every area. Of treatment right across the board. Well, yes, in... in I suppose if we look at how much things have changed in our daily lives, it has moved into um, aesthetics and medical health. You know, it's um, we have seen huge growth with our treatments. We are now offering a non-surgical treatment for um, pelvic health called Msala, which works by restoring the strength to your pelvic floor mm. um, this is something you would never have imagined that was available you know five even ten years ago that there would be something you could sit on that would actually treat urinary incontinence and different issues of the pelvic floor which is a major problem for a lot of people and it's kind of embarrassing that, and they don't even want to talk about it so to know that there's help there for it um, there's a company called BTL that you work very closely with and and they really do an awful lot of work in this field, don't they? Yes, BTL Aesthetics are um, a global organisation. They have over 3,000 employees um, worldwide and we have four BTL devices now in our clinic in Shea Lane in Lisbon. Mm. And the first uh, device we introduced was Msala. We just talked about, um, we followed um six months later with lymphosteam, which is a, a presotherapy device for your lymphatic system. Um, a lymphatic system or a healthy lymphatic system, you know, will will lead to a much healthier person, uh, prevention of illnesses, and inflammatory diseases, arthritis, um, aesthetically, you know, maybe cellulite or um, dry skin. It can all be, mm. be managed with... Um, or it can be treated with looking after your lymphatic system. It's important. And then the third one that you brought to the market? So then last July, we um, our biggest investment, we introduced Emphase and um, followed shortly after with Exion. So these are two new devices for the face. What do they do? So Emphase is a device, it's a groundbreaking technology. It uses two technologies. So we have high fez technology and radio frequency so the high fez is high intensity focused electromagnetic stimulation and this is a technology that works on rebuilding muscle mass so it is proven and fda cleared to treat and rebuild muscle mass in the face up to 30 percent wow yeah. And would that be if if your face is shrinking or your face is dropping? Is that what it does? Exactly, then? yes. It rehabilitates the yes, face? Yes, it's going to rebuild the muscle. It also, because of the radio frequency, will work on skin. So it's proven, again, these are all clinical trials and it's proven to decrease and 
um, wrinkles by 37% and also to lift the face up to 23%, which are all very significant percentages when you think about, you know, the results. Um, and it's all carried out. There's clinical trials and a lot of data to support this. And there's no chemicals involved in this. This is pure, yes. this is pure technology. And that's the absolute beauty about this because we are not injecting a toxin or, you know, as a chemical topically into the skin. Um, so what we're doing is we're actually causing our body to trigger a healing response. So it's very, very exciting because not only are we going to look better aesthetically, we're also going to function better because it's very important to have healthy skin. It's mm. an organ and also healthy muscle in the face because that will again support our um, our skull um, so it'll you know keep things healthy as we go older, older and also we're going to look a lot better um, and then the last one that you, you you brought into the market last year then as so well so we were delighted again to be the first in the west with Exion which is a four in one platform for the face and body Exion um, uses a range of different technologies. Um, so we have uh, radio frequency microneedling, and this is really effective for um, rebuilding again collagen, elastin, and for the first time we can actually get the body to create its own hyaluronic acid. So this is all again backed by trials. And um, and what part of the body does that help then? So it's for your skin. So we can treat 24 areas on the face and body. So we can we can treat, you know, the abdomen, the, um, the legs around the knees. We can also work on the lips, your actual lips, instead of, you know, injecting a filler, which can... Um, you know, increase the volume of the lips, we can use our device, which will cause the skin to create um, its own hyaluronic acid, which mm. will really have a more natural look and a more authentic look. And isn't technology, hasn't really technology, I mean, you're 20 years in the business next year, so hasn't technology really kind of come of age in, in the last 20 years? It completely, I mean, I remember I was not even on Facebook for a long time because I was, you know, I, I didn't like the idea of it and I didn't want to to go down that route. But really, if we didn't change and evolve over the years, you know, whether it's um, using a booking system or I suppose now treatments, I don't think, you know, we would be able to, to do what we do today. So definitely I do believe we need to, you know, embrace change and look forward to improvements and all these devices, they make our lives easier. Um, mm. They're they're pain free. They're um, they're no downtime, and we can really help to change and improve our clients' lives with these devices. So, are you focused on these devices now, or do you do regular beauty then as well? I we think? do everything, and we're still very focused on our you know a conventional and essential beauty treatments like waxing, eyebrows, nails. So we have a two-floor um, unit in Lisbon and on the ground floor we do all the um, general beauty treatments like nails, waxing, um, like I said, and even just our normal facials, massage. Um, and then on our top floor we have our BTL devices. And this is something that has grown kind of naturally over the last maybe... 10 years, I suppose, when we've moved into Lisbon. And who would you be trying to attract then 
uh, for all the technology that you have on the top floor? We have a really broad range of, of um, clients coming into our, our building. Um, we have a lot of male clients as well. Um, we have people in their 80s, you know, coming up the stairs to have MSELA treatment done. Um, this is something we would always mention, you know, when we're doing our consultation that, you know, you do need to be relatively active and fit to have these these treatments done and to obtain the best results. So it is about lifestyle and people that are interested in, you know, looking good, but also feeling good and not trying to mask a problem, trying to get to the root. Mm. It's fascinating really and truly, isn't it? And I mean, a huge investment, I would think, for the company though. It's been a huge, massive investment, yes. But again, it's something that has happened organically. It hasn't been something we've jumped into. We, you know, we started out with Amsella and we had great success and our our clients had huge success with this and got results that, you know, they never thought possible. And we saw the change in people's lives, you know. Mm. We had people you know, women and men not able to stay with their, with their, visit their grandchildren and stay overnight because they were having issues, you know, in the morning, not making the bathroom and just, you know, living really, really with a lot of discomfort. Challenging lives. Yeah. Yeah. And COVID definitely made that very, I suppose, relevant for people. You know, you would find they weren't able to go for a walk because we don't have enough um, maybe public toilets, public toilets. Yeah. so you know there wasn't coffee shops open or um, places you could just pop into so people would find they weren't very isolated and, and they didn't leave the home then and they weren't leaving yeah. their home at all so after covid definitely i think a lot of change happened you know and people are looking to feel feel good and to look look well if you want to get further detail what's your website uh, Elaine can I ask you the website is um, shayelaine.com. so that's c-h-e-z-e-l-a-i-n-e.com yeah. for details from there so well done continued success to you and well done to you and uh, 20 years in business and the investments that you've made down through but if you want to get further details just go to uh, shayelaine so c-h-e-z-e-l-a-i-n-e uh, dot com for further details good luck with it and keep thank up the good work and thank you for joining you. us uh, okay. today on the programme